Hi, and welcome to this week's LGBT Wellness Podcast. Each week, LGBT HealthLink, a program of Centerlink, brings you a roundup of some of the biggest LGBTQ wellness stories from the past week. Get ready to listen and learn lots. Hi, everyone, and welcome back to another week of our LGBT Wellness Roundup, where this week we are going to be focused on all of the news that came out of World AIDS Day. Um, there's a lot of very important, um, disturbing at times stories um, about the challenges facing the LGBT community with respect to HIV. So we're going to focus on that in particular this week with most of our stories. Don't forget that if you're interested in any of these and you want to read the story for yourself, go to blog.lgbthealthlink.org where you will find a link um, to each and every one of these pieces that we're about to discuss. Let's go to our first one of the week, a focus on transgender inclusion for World AIDS Day. Helping to mark the occasion on December 1st, the Journal of the International AIDS Society published a study looking at different countries' national strategic plans for addressing HIV. They found that about two-thirds mentioned trans populations at least once in the report. Um, they looked at five different key areas that they uh, kind of came up with to, to see how uh, widespread trans inclusion was in these reports. Um, so overall, you know, two-thirds of their reports had something on trans folks, but only 8% of the plans had trans folks included across all of these five um, thematic areas that they devised for the purpose of the study. Moreover, trans individuals were more likely to be included in things like background materials than they were in sections about more concrete things like data, where trans people are often not included, and budgets, where often we don't have money um, earmarked for the LGBT community and trans folks in particular. So that's a, a, an area of concern. <clears throat> they also noted that countries in the Asia-Pacific region were more likely than those in the other parts of the world to have trans people included throughout the HIV strategic plan. Next up, trans experience across HIV care continuum. AIDS map shared research finding that less than 8 in 10 trans women living with HIV in the U.S. had ever received care to treat the condition. Furthermore, less than 2 in 3 initiated care within the first 3 months of being diagnosed as HIV positive, which is generally, you know, one of the markers that's used to see how rapidly people are entering uh, into care after they get diagnosed. Of course, this is really important for their own health um, and for treatment as prevention strategies. These estimates are based on a review of available studies and meta-analysis. Given the lack of comprehensive data um, on HIV care um, regarding trans women in the U.S., that's the case, despite the fact that, of course, um, this is an, an issue that desperately impacts this population. Uh, they also note that even less data is available on trans men, such as they, they weren't able to do this kind of analysis for that population. And next up, we're going to unpack those disparities even more, looking at disparities specifically in HIV risk for trans women and men. Plus One published a study finding that on average, across various sources of data, the prevalence of HIV among trans feminine individuals was almost 20%, and among trans masculine individuals was about 2.6%, which of course is still way above the, the overall population average. Specifically, that makes trans women um, and trans feminine folks about 66 times more likely than, um, than the general population to um, be living with HIV, and it makes trans uh, masculine folks about seven times uh, higher risk. 
um, which is, I think, really important because there's so much, um, s such a lack of data on, on trans men and trans masculine folks in particular. We really don't know the full extent of, of um, the risk regarding um, HIV and a lot of other health issues for that population. Um, so this is definitely important to take a look at what data is there and say, yes, it does appear that there's quite a big disparity. Um, and therefore, this is a population that likely merits a lot more attention than, than they're currently receiving. And now we're going to travel across the Atlantic and look at the state of HIV in Europe. The European CDC published a report on HIV throughout the region, and they found that sex between men was the biggest mode of HIV trans uh, transmission, and it accounted for about 4 in 10 uh, new cases of HIV. Meanwhile, injection drug use was responsible for about 1 in 25 cases. Trans individuals, sex workers, and people who are incarcerated also faced increased risk of acquiring HIV, although there weren't standardized means between countries of looking at these different issues, um, so that makes it a little bit harder to measure, which the researchers noted is, you know, an area that could use improvement. Next up, COVID-19 vaccines and HIV concerns in the LGBT community. WFAE reported on a new study finding that one in three LGBT adults were worried that the COVID-19 vaccines could interrupt their HIV treatment or prevention medication, uh, prevention medication being PrEP. This is a concerning fact given that the vaccines have not been found to have any complications um, with respect to ART, PrEP, um, or pe people who are living with HIV uh, in general. Black LGBT adults were more likely than others to believe that uh, the COVID-19 vaccines could somehow affect their HIV prevention or treatment. Um, about 40% reported concerns among um, Black individuals who are part of the LGBT community. Um, there was also a little bit of a disparity for Latinx LGBT folks compared to um, the overall LGBT population. Um, so definitely some concerning uh, misinformation here about how COVID-19 vaccines could somehow interact um, with HIV prevention or treatment. Another uh, study found that about two-thirds of people living with HIV had received at least one dose of a COVID-19 vaccine by May. Of course, we want to see that number at 100%. I'm sure it's ticked up slightly um, since then. But, you know, these new survey findings indicate one of the reasons why folks who are living with or at risk for HIV um, may be unnecessarily hesitant towards getting vaccinated against COVID-19. And in our final piece of the week, Center confronts youth homelessness crisis. Pink News reported on um, what the Compass Community Center in Lake Worth, Florida is doing to support LGBT youth experiencing homelessness. The center's staff say that most of the youth they serve are experiencing homelessness due to family conflict, which is especially common among trans youth and leads to this uh, overall the LGBT population having about 120% higher odds of ending up without stable housing compared to other youth. The center helps connect youth through resources and support and notes that the entire community does better when these youth have a higher quality of life and are able to participate in society. So definitely an important issue, not one related to our overall theme um, regarding HIV, but an important story that I thought I would share out. And if you want to find out what your local LGBT community center is doing about this and other issue, I would encourage you to go to lgbtcenters.org and check out the interactive directory there um, of centers around you and what they're up to. 
That concludes another week of our LGBT wellness roundup. Thanks for listening. And don't forget that you can go to blog.lgbthealthlink.org if you want to follow up and read any of these stories um, for yourself. I hope you'll tune in next week for another edition of our roundup.